time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Well, we've got another great show on the way for you today. Thanks for being with us on Reengineering Your Finances. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Charles Weldy, founder of CP Weldy Group, serving you in Delaware and throughout the Chester County areas. You can get in touch with Charles by checking him out online, cpweldygroup.com, the place to go. Listen to past episodes of the show there as well, cpweldygroup.com. Hey, Charles, how's it going this week? Walter, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Oh, doing fantastic. I understand you were traveling recently uh, out to the great metropolis of Cleveland. How was that trip? Well, you know, I heard in the past that Cleveland was a mistake by the lake, but it's so beautiful. They cleaned (laughs) it up. They've got uh, a wonderful amusement park outside of Lake Lake Erie, I guess maybe about a half a mile off of uh, the coastline. That's the uh, Cedar Uh, Cedar Point. I've always wanted to go to that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. They get the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, great food. We stayed at a hotel across the street from where the Cleveland Browns play football. So it was great. It was just a great two or three day, you know, getaway. I've learned a lot and I'm back here in the saddle hoping to share some of what I've learned. I've never heard the uh, mistake by the lake terminology. That's pretty funny. I like that a lot. So, mistake by the lake. Yeah, Cleveland gets a bad rap, but then whenever somebody travels there, I always get, you know, good notes back from folks that they had a great time and enjoyed it. So kind of interesting how the perception maybe doesn't match reality there. Absolutely. Interesting. Well, we've got a great show on the way today. Uh, You know, Charles talked about getting a little bit wiser, maybe, or or sharing some of the wisdom that he picked up on that trip. And we're going to do that a little bit on today's show. In fact, you may have even scratched your head a little bit when you saw the title of today's program going, huh, what can popular proverbs teach us about money? Well, you know, there's plenty of proverbs and axioms and sayings out there, Charles, that aren't meant to be about money, but I think we can easily pull financial lessons from them anyway. So what we'll do is try and on today's show, show you the hidden money meanings behind some popular sayings. Now, first of all, Charles, this first one I'm going to throw at you. When I was a kid, I never could really grasp or understand what in the world this first saying meant. I always just kept saying to myself, why would I really want to be holding any bird's in my hand. And the saying is a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Obviously, as I got older, I picked up on, you know, what the meaning was behind the story. But what's that saying mean to you? And what's the financial lesson we can take from it? Well, a lot of times, Walter, we don't really realize what we have and we're looking for more. And that's not necessarily bad. But in reality, sometimes when we look for more, we actually lose what we have. So uh, case in point, when I sit down with people and look over their finances, I always ask myself, how much is enough? Does this person have enough? Do they need more? And for the most part, I deal with people that are over 50 and they saved and, you know, they live a modest lifestyle. So I would say that pretty much, you know, half of the people that come to me have enough and they're looking for more and more and more. And it kind of puts the rest of their investments at risk if they don't really look at it from a holistic point of view. So what I'll say is, you know, most people, I guess, uh, if you say, how much can you take out of your investments? The general rule is a 4% withdrawal rate. So if I had a million dollars, I could take $40,000 a year and I could be comfortable living a 25, 35 year retirement. Most people don't realize that, you know, perhaps they have enough or perhaps they could reallocate their current investments so that they could create income instead of like continue to increase their asset totals. Yeah, I think this one I also always thought, Charles, is sort of the, uh, my dad used to read a lot of Aesop's fables to me before, you know, going to bed. 
And I remember hearing the one about the dog and his bone who crosses the, I think he's crossing the bridge and he looks down and he sees the water and he sees a dog with another bone. And he's like, oh, I want that bone too. So he reaches down to grab that one, but in the process drops his own bone. And then obviously it's just his reflection. So he ends up with no bones in the end. And that's the one I think that I really learned as a kid and kind of still hold true to this day. And I think can kind of take the same financial lesson out of that too. Absolutely. Yeah. So a bird in the hand worth two in the bush. There's your financial lesson from that popular proverb. Here's another one. A rising tide lifts all boats. What do we think about that one, Charles? Yeah. So, uh, you know, when things are going well, anybody can do well. I mean, you just, you know, you're just in the game. But when things go bad, there's another saying that says when the tide goes out, you see who's not wearing their, you know, their bathing suit. (laughs) So the point I want to make is that there's investor returns and there's investment returns. And if you just basically put your money in the market, had a date-specific, dollar-specific plan, you could basically get what the market gives you as long as you're willing to manage your emotions. So um, there's a saying that buy and hold is the worst investment philosophy invented by man, except for all the others. So for the most part, I guess my point here is that you're going to get what the market's going to give you, no more, no less, as long as you can manage your emotions. And, you know, it's not your intellect, it's really your emotions when it comes to investing. Well, I think you're exactly right. Just having that realization that, hey, the last couple of years may look fantastic in your portfolio. That rising tide is lifting all boats. Just remember that it can go the opposite direction as well. And are you prepared for that type of activity? It's a good question to ask yourself. Another one here, Charles, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Now, I would have thought that was definitely a financial saying or or proverb. That one seems to have pretty easy application. Yeah, I mean, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I mean, you know, you don't buy gold to make a killing or get killed. You actually buy a lot of different assets, whether it's value or growth stocks, big companies, small companies, foreign companies, domestic companies, stocks, bonds. If you have a little bit of everything according to what risks you're willing to take and according to what dollars you need to take out of your portfolio at a certain period of time, you're going to do much better in the long run. And the analogy I would use, Walter, is in baseball, yeah, we love the home run hitter. We don't necessarily like the strikeout hitter, but generally speaking, the home run hitter is the one that strikes out the most. When we're talking about diversification, we're really talking about singles and doubles, maybe an occasional triple. Very seldom will we strike out, very seldom will we hit a home run. And singles and doubles for anybody that knows baseball, that wins baseball games. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't take the huge hit. It's the uh, the sort of steady improvement that you look for in baseball and also with the financial landscape too. I think also with that, don't put all your eggs in one basket. One thing that comes to mind for me, Charles, and I don't know if you see folks doing this, is you know if they have like company stock options with the company that they work for and then putting way too much of their portfolio in that company. So not only is their job and their livelihood and their salary dependent on that company succeeding, but now also their retirement that's that's a lot of weight to kind of put on your on on that one company succeeding absolutely and a lot of people think that because they work for the company they have to invest a large portion of their dollars in that particular company and the rule of thumb is don't put any more than 10 15 percent of your you know 401k in your in your company stock i mean you can make a killing you know with great companies like amazon but you can get killed with uh, terrible companies such as enron so Again, be aware that, you know, putting more than, say, a 15% allocation of your, 
you know, dollars into your particular company that you work for may not be a good idea. Now, this last one, I'm interested to see where you take it, Charles, because I, I don't necessarily see how it works from, you know, my layman's perspective. But one man's trash is another man's treasure is, of course, the saying we've all heard before. But gosh, if one financial thing worked for, you know, my neighbor, why won't it work for me? It seems like that would just common sense would mean it would work for me as well, Charles. Yeah, well, uh, when I first hear about this, I think about annuities. So there's a fellow by the name of Ken Fisher that puts an ad in the Wall Street Journal on occasion, a full page ad. It says, I hate annuities and you should too. Well, let's really look at that for a minute. You know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. The people that come in to me and meet with me, Walter, maybe like one third of them have pensions. And what I generally find with people that have pensions is they have a lot of income, steady income, predictable income. But as a general rule, they have very few assets because they really depended when they worked either for the government or for a particular company to get the pension. That's basically what they did is they just had a you know lifetime defined benefit pension awaiting them. So they really had little incentive to save. But today, you know, the other maybe like 40, 60 percent of the people have no pensions. And for the most part, you've got at some point got to convert your assets to income. And the only way to do that is actually to create an income plan. And generally speaking, that will include an annuity. So when somebody says one man's trash is another man's treasure, there's people that love annuities and there's people that might not love annuities. But I would say as a general rule, the people that don't love annuities might be the people with pensions. And in essence, don't they already have an annuity? Yeah, it's pretty much one built for them, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, that's what I get from one man's trash is another man's treasure. You know, annuities stand out because they're an investment that many people have a strong feeling one way or the other. And as an advisor, I just want people to look at them objectively. And if you need income, where are you going to get income from something that is going to pay you not only your principal and your interest, but maybe mortality credits because they're taking this money and they're putting it in one pile and they know that, hey, you know, some people are going to die early. Some people are going to live, you know, forever in a day. And as a matter of constructing these annuities, they know that that income will be there for the rest of your life. And it's something worth looking at if you don't have a pension. That's it for my list of popular proverbs that teach us things about money, Charles. Are there any other sayings from which you've personally garnered a great financial lesson? Yeah, I, I go to New York once a year and I meet this fellow by the name of Nick Murray. And one of the things he's taught me over like 10 years ago was this saying, and it goes like this, short-term unknowable, long-term inevitable. And what that means is like in the short term, we don't know you know, if it's going to rain, if it's going to be sunny, you know, if interest rates are going to go up, if there's going to be a, a temporary uh, bad headline in the papers. So what happens in the short term affects the stock market, you know, on a daily basis. But that has no bearing on our long term investment goals. So when people say, what did the stock market do today? What did it do last month? My mantra to myself is short-term unknowable, long-term inevitable. So it really doesn't matter what it did today, yesterday, next week. What really matters is three, five, seven years from now, you know, long-term, we know that if history's any guide, it's going to grow. But in order to get that growth, you have to experience short-term uncertainty. So again, short-term unknowable, long-term inevitable. 
I like that one a lot, Charles. That makes a lot of sense. So if you have you know, trouble with different aspects of your financial plan or your financial life, maybe it's you know, putting all of your eggs in one basket if you've been guilty of doing something like that, or you're kind of like that bird in the hand, two in the bush proverb, where you're always sort of looking to, to double what you have instead of you know, being content with what you've got, or you're not quite sure if it's worth the risk or how to manage that risk question. All of those different kinds of things come into play when you put together a financial plan and as you analyze your future retirement plan and your retirement life. If you need help walking through that process, you need a guide to help you along the way. Charles is certainly there for you as the founder of CP Weldy Group. He's got years of experience helping people make sure that they've got tax-efficient retirement plans and retirement plans that are built to last, certainly as well. 610-388-7705 is your number to call. That's 610-388. 7705. You can also go online and find Charles there at cpweldygroup.com. That's cpweldygroup.com. Great information on the web. Listen to past episodes of this podcast and other great resources for you as well. Charles, thanks so much for the help this week and uh, looking forward to chatting with you again on the next podcast. Thank you, Walter. Really appreciate your time. A lot of fun. Learning a lot as always with Charles Weldy. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you soon on Reengineering Your Finances. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.